Could you turn your Bible to Psalm 8, please? Psalm 8 says this. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory above the heavens. From the lips of children and infants, you have ordained praise because of your enemies to silence the foe and the avenger. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, what is man that you are mindful of him? The son of man that you care for him. You made him a little lower than the heavenly beings and crowned him with glory and honor. You made him ruler over the works of your hands. You put everything under his feet, all flocks and herds and the beasts of the field, the birds of the air and the fish of the sea, all that swim the paths of the sea. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. Amazing, isn't it? Amazing numbers. <laughs> Amazing size. Just beyond, really. And it wasn't my intention for me to ask you to kind of get your head round those figures, because it's just too vast. But what I wanted to do was to get you to understand the, the gap between, that we have between our kind of the hugeness of God and a question, one question that the psalmist asks. I haven't been able to get this question out of my head for a number of weeks since um, at the celebration Ian Rawley used this verse as a part of what he spoke about, about the majesty of God. Um, I'm not going to go into what he shared about. I just want to tell you that this particular question has been with me since that time. It's the question that's in verse 4. Would you have a look at verse 4? What is man that you are mindful of him? The son of man that you care for him. So it begins with a focus on you and me. The question begins with you and me. Ask the question in two ways. What is man and what is the son of man? Let's not be in any doubt. This is an inclusive question. He's asking about you. What is it about Alex Smith? What is it about Annie Leon? What is it about Simon Farrow? What is it? Not only that, but at the back there we've got Terry, and next to him we've got Abigail. And I know it says the son of man, but Abigail will forgive me. I'll replace it with the words daughter. What is man, and what is the son of man, or the daughter of man? If we had Sam, in here, Sam and Leah in here, we'd have three generations. And what is the grand, you know, it's, it's the, what we see here, the question is generational. It's a time thing. It's over time that God is interested in man. What is about it about man? He's trying to understand. And if ever there was a psalm that made us feel small, it's this one, isn't it? Because... He portrays this, this is what we've just seen on the screen. He, th he does that. He, what he does is he says, you've set your glory above the heavens. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and stars that you've set in place. He is consumed by the vastness of it. And <laughs> he, 
He wants to paint the big picture. But do you realize this psalmist lived 600 years before Christ? His understanding of the size and scale of the cosmos was like this compared to ours. He didn't have radio telescopes. He didn't know that stuff. And yet the psalmist is saying, how great you are, how huge you are, how amazing you are, how magnificent you are, how massive you are. What earth are we in comparison to that? Now, we have a bigger problem because we now have to say that very same question in the light of a much, 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 much bigger universe than the psalmist understood. Not just on the big scale, but also on the tiny and on the complex. We now have an understanding of our world and the complications of our, the amazing, you know, DNA and all of that. Just amazing, miraculous wonder of our world and, it's, and the cosmos that the Lord has put in place. He says, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place. The work of your fingers. What is man? What is man? What is it about man against the backdrop of space and time that God's interested in? Man must be something. He must make, have some role in the cosmos. He must have some part to play in all of this. A little later in the psalm, he describes himself as a little lower than the angels. The man as a little lower than the angels. Um, but these titles don't really have a great deal of meaning to us, do they? You see some, somebody says, man is a little lower than the angels. What does that mean? But one word has gripped me in verse 4. One word. I'll look at it. It says, what is man? In the NIV, it says, what is man that you are mindful of him? Mindful. Let's say that together. Mindful, mindful. God is mindful of Annie Leon and Simon Farrow and Terry and Abigail and each one of us. He is mindful. Now let's just unpack that a bit. His mind is full of me. He is mindful of me. He is preoccupied by me. He, our, our destiny, our future, preoccupies God. His mind is always reflecting on the quality of his relationship with me. He is absorbed by having a better relationship. What can I do to make my friendship with Alex Smith better? That's what God does. Is he does that. How can, I, how can I get more in love with Mo? That's God's mind and heart. How can I reach out to her and her family more? He's absorbed by this desire to have a relationship with us. He's absorbed by it. All those things he might do to deepen and strengthen, enlarge and enrich his relationship with you. I'll pause a minute. Just let that sink in a minute. He is consumed by a desire to be close to you. 
Are you taking this in, in any way, shape or form? How can we? He is mindful of us. He is mindful. That relationship has dominated his thinking since before the world began. And it will preoccupy him for eternity. Maybe that might be described as arrogant on my part. You know, in against the backdrop of what we just saw a minute ago, how can I say that God is preoccupied with me and has been since before the dawn of time and will be until eternity against the backdrop of what we saw on the screen? But let me dot a few I's and cross a few T's. Maybe, um, David, could you look up Psalm 139 for me? And let me see. Uh, Carol. Could you look up Ephesians 2.10 for me? Yes, if you went to 15 and 16, David, could you read 15 and 16 of 139? Ephesians 2.10. Wonderful. Wonderful. You know, it doesn't end there. It's not just our thoughts or even his thoughts or even words. He's not made this commitment. It's not just an end in his head. You know, we could say, oh, he cares about us. Or he's preoccupied. He's thinking about me. He's thinking. He's doing lots of thinking about me. But you know, as well as I do, that it didn't end with just thoughts. His preoccupation with you and me, his desire to have a friendship with Toot Smith and to walk hand in hand with Pat Garrett is not something that is formed just in words. But he put it into action. He did something about it. I'm going to read from uh, Hebrews 1.1. In the past, God spoke to our forefathers through the prophets at many times and in various ways. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed heir of all things. The son is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. After he provided purification for sin, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. What began with declarations of word was enacted in flesh, in Jesus. He is mindful. Mindful, mindful of you. His mind is full of you. He can't get away from you. He's consumed by you. Mary wrote, said, sang this. My soul glorifies in the Lord. And my spirit rejoices in God my Saviour. For he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. 
From now on, all generations will call me blessed. For the mighty one has done great things by for me. Holy is his name. You see, what Psalm 8 shows us is that God Almighty chooses, yes, chooses, to connect his glory, his eternal majesty, with the success or failure of one, one particular course of action. His glory stood or fell at the cross. He decided that he would invest all his majesty and glory in his son. It said so in Hebrews 1. He invested everything in this one moment he was going to save man. He was so consumed, so absolutely consumed with his desire to have a relationship with Trisha Marshall. Absolutely possessed by it. That he invested every part of his whole being and glory in making this thing work. The salvation of mankind. And the word of God stands on that. That every bit of the word, if, you, if you're sitting there thinking, hang on Tim, this is a bit far, this. Check it out. It's true. Every bit of this word backs up what I claim now. He chooses to connect his glory to the success or otherwise of the redemption of mankind. Now, back to um, Psalm 8 for a minute. Some versions don't have mindful. And that's great because we can explore it a bit more. Um, so let's have a look at... Um, I'll, I'll, I've got them down here. So we've got the, the NASB, the New American Standard, says, What is man that you take thought of him? And the message... Somebody else had the message earlier. Who was it had the message earlier? Ben had the message earlier, yes. It says, Why do you bother with us? Why take a second look our way? He bothers with us. He's bothered. <laughs> Am I bothered? He is bothered. <laughs> he is bothered. In the vastness of space and time, he is bothered. And then the New Living says, What are mortals that you should think of us? And... Uh, in deference to our friend Jabalani, the King James says, What is man that thou art mindful of him, the son of man that thou visitest him? He's bothered. He's consumed. He's thinking about us. And his thinking brought him to the point of action. But it doesn't stop there, does it? Because as the Psalms often do, this is a very common thing that they do in the Psalms, it says, what is man that thou art mindful of him, you are mindful of him, the son of man that you care for him, that you care for him. I, I'm just amazed, really. It, care is a very personal expression of love, isn't it? You can't love someone and then not care for them. You see, what I, 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 I'm sure you guys see this too, but there's a lot of attempts these days to try and make God into something impersonal, a force out there. Yeah, it seems likely to say some, but there seems to be something other than us. The cosmos seems to suggest that there is something other Something bigger, something beyond, something outside, time, something, you know, they'll happily do all of that. 
But the problem is that the Word of God contradicts that. And our own experience does too. Because we know from the Word that God cares for us. And we know from our lives and from the testimony this morning and from the testimony of all of us when I talk to you is that God cares. He cares for us. The psalm places God firmly as a person with a heart for me and a desire for my best. The Amplified Bible. Could you go to Psalm 8 for me? Oh, sorry, no. Alec, could you go to 1 Peter 5, verse 7 for me? One Peter five, verse seven. Cast in the whole of your care, all your anxieties, all your worries, all your concerns, once and once for all, on Him. For He cares for you affectionately, and cares about you watchfully. Do you hear that? Can you read that again for me. was uh, reading to um, Grace and Daniel in the hospital and I read these words. I lift up my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He will not let your foot slip. He watches over you. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and your going, both now and forevermore. He is mindful of you, and he cares for you. Father, we thank you so much for your care. We are amazed, Lord, amazed that you love us so much. Against the backdrop of all of eternity and against the backdrop of all of space, we really can't take it in. But we know from our lives and from our experience that you care for us. And the evidence of that most poignantly, most wonderfully, is in that you sent your son, Jesus. And so, Lord, we're going to remember. We're going to remember that now. That wonderful, amazing act of love. Thank you, Lord. Amen.